0: Welcome to the lectern, a representative of civil society, Ms. Hindu Umaru Ibrahim from Chad.
1: Indigenous people are our first line of defense against climate change, and today's guest is one of Indigenous people's most eloquent defenders. Here she is addressing the United Nations General Assembly for the formal signing of the Paris Climate Agreement in April 2016.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for this opportunity to speak in this assembly. This assembly who decides war and peace, who has now to decide the survival or the death of my community. My people. The Embaroro Community nomadic Pastor Hindu
1: Ibrahim grew up in rural Chad, a member of the nomadic Embarora people. Today she co-chairs the International Indigenous People's Forum on Climate Change, and she advises some would say charms, others would say cajoles, everyone from major corporations like Asia Pulp and Paper to small indigenous communities from Ecuador to Indonesia to take action on climate change.
2: are about to become Climate
0: refugee.
1: A quick note for those of you who've asked about the second installment of my two-part piece on the U.S. Clean Water Rule, that is forthcoming, but those documentary-style packages are a lot of work and they take a lot of time. Working on that has held up other shows like today's, but be patient, and if you really want to hear more and better episodes, you can support me for as little as $1 per month by becoming a patron at BionicPlanet.com. Man may be unwittingly changing the world's climate through the waste products of his civilization. There's a group of us now who are proposing that the Earth has actually entered a new epoch,
0: and that is the Anthropocene. We know that the enemy is carbon, and we know it's ugly face, we should put a big fat price on it,
1: and of course, add to that, drop the subsidies. Earth. We broke it, we own it. And nothing is as it was. Not the trees, not the seas, not the forests, farms, or fields. And not the global economy that depends on all of these. But we can restore it, make it better, greener, more resilient, more sustainable. But how? Technology? Geoengineering? Are we doomed to live on a bionic planet, or is nature itself the answer? That's the question we address in every episode of Bionic Planet, a podcast of the Anthropocene, the new epoch defined by man's impact on Earth. And nowhere is that impact more pronounced than in the world's indigenous territories, which are under threat from cattle ranchers, loggers, and palm oil companies, many of which will stop at nothing to make a buck by feeding our own ravenous appetites for beef, leather, and Nutella. I'm coming to you this week from the Global Climate Action Summit in San Francisco, where more than 4,000 climate experts from around the world have gathered to focus on solutions the climate challenge, and my guest is one of them. An unabashed critic of companies that run roughshod over indigenous territories, Hindu Ibrahim is also a vocal but skeptical proponent of sustainable development. Today's episode is made possible in part by the Environmental Defense Fund, which covered my travel for this event, and of course, Forest Trends, which publishes Ecosystem Marketplace and makes all of my work possible. I'm coming to you from the Global Climate Action Summit in San Francisco, so apologies for the sound if it's not up to par. But I actually recorded my interview a few months back in Accra, Ghana, at the annual General Assembly of the Tropical Forest Alliance 2020, or TFA 2020, which you may remember from episode 22. TFA 2020 is comprised of about 100 entities, from governments like that of Ghana to companies like Unilever, committed to purging deforestation from key supply chains like those of palm oil, soy, and pulp and paper by the year 2020. These companies and governments haven't always been friendly or fair to indigenous people, and they still aren't, at least not always, which is why Hindu Ibrahim was invited to the TFA event. She first emerged as a vocal proponent of indigenous rights at the 2009 Climate Talks in Copenhagen, Denmark, talks technically known as the 15th Conference of the Parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, or COP15, as it's colloquially known. Indigenous rights have since been enshrined in the Paris Climate Agreement, and Hindu has emerged as the face of that process. I was curious to find out what she expected to accomplish at the TFA meeting. As it turns out, quite a lot. She's now heading an indigenous working group within TFA 2020 that aims to forge cooperation between indigenous peoples and major corporations looking to secure finance by embracing the Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, which I covered in episode 5. One reason this interview sat on ice is that Hindu covers a lot of territory. And I wanted to edit this the way I usually do, by dropping interjections in after the fact to provide context. Unfortunately, I haven't had time to do that, although if I get more funding, I will edit this a bit more effectively down the road. Fortunately, she is an excellent speaker, and she explains herself incredibly well. For now, I just wanted to get a few terms in your head. The cops that she talks about aren't policemen, but those year-end climate talks that I mentioned a little while ago, while TFA is TFA 2020. She also alludes to regional meetings and general assemblies, and that's because TFA is broken into regional initiatives for Latin America, Southeast Asia, and Africa. She references safeguards a few times, too, and these are indigenous rights enshrined in global treaties like the Paris Agreement. And she talks a lot about the coming thousand days, because when we talked, we had roughly 1,000 days until the end of 2020, which is when hundreds of companies have promised to end deforestation. In another episode, we'll see that companies that make such pledges have, in fact, reduced their impact on forests, but less scrupulous companies, sometimes even divisions within more scrupulous companies, have simply stepped into the gap. So the net impact on deforestation is less than hoped. I started out by asking her to tell me a bit about her background, where she came from, and how she ended up here.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm coming from the Mbororo Pastoralist community, mm-hmm. and uh, we are part of the indigenous people's Sock group. My people is uh, around five countries, Chad, Cameroon, Niger, Nigeria, and Central African Republic. So uh, I'm in Chad, but I have a relative around all those five countries, right, right. because we are nomadic and living around this place. So uh, personally I grew up between the town and the community uh, because I get the chance to go to school. My mom and my dad come and settle in the town. And then uh, when they sent us during the school time and then we have uh, the holiday, each holiday they send me back to the community. Mm-hmm. And that's why my connection with my peoples where I, uh, uh, I speak the language, I did all the work that the other kids at the community does. and. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's these marginalization issues that I face at the school who get me to fight for my own right.
1: Ah, interesting. This and was in Chad, and in yeah, in this Chad. was in Chad. So even though in Chad you were still marginalized Absolutely. because you were a nomadic person, it's,
2: it's still it's still to now on. we have like uh, uh, a context that all the rest of the Chadian people's calling us fallata of and then that's meaning uh, god create everybody create even uh, the insect before to create us so oh my a god it's really a very marginalized wow. term that uh, they uh-huh. are using beyond uh again us so when i went to the school i feel myself very marginalized but as kid you cannot understand why right. and then when i start growing up then i uh, like i'm always fighting for my own rights mm-hmm. and then i grow up then i figure out that i'm really lucky to go to school because i know the way how i can fight for myself like being best to school and then uh, uh, do not uh, play a lot with the kids but just showing them um I'm doing the right things every time. I say, how about the other kids at the community who didn't get the chance to go to school, mm-hmm. especially the young girl who get married and they divorce, very young age between ten and uh, twelve years, and then after that they just uh, do not have any other activities to do. I say the marginalisation must be double than mine. So. I started to to create the uh, Indigenous Women and People Association of Chad. And since I created this organization, in my mind, I have uh, uh, w- one objective was to defend the rights of my peoples. Mm-hmm. Man, woman, doesn't matter. Children, doesn't matter, but defend them rights. And then immediately I realized, oh, I cannot talk about the rights of peoples as human without talking about the right of environment where we depend for. And that took immediately the second objective, that's the environmental uh, environment protections. Mm-hmm. And then to relate that to the international mechanism and to see how we can get more protected, uh, immediately, we found that the three Rio conventions, the climate change, biodiversity, and desertification are the right entry point to have uh, other indigenous peoples and then define our rights together. So.
1: Gotcha, okay. <laughs> and how did, you, how did you make inroads? Because you started this small organization in Chad. Now you're kind of a spokesperson for Indigenous people, Indigenous women especially everywhere. Um, How did you uh, how how did you go from, you know, this little school in Chad, to starting this organization to then getting getting involved with these big mechanisms that you're talking yeah,
2: about. Yeah. Uh, actually, when I get started by this organization in uh, in my community, it's still like it's a community-based organization. It's mm. not a big NGO or something like that. It's really a social movement. And then from that, uh, they had some uh, other organization who m- who meeting in parallel and then uh, just uh, they come and said, oh, we want to have someone who can be representing uh, some people in chat. And then they say, oh, we know a lady who is fighting for this, and then they (laughs) just connect me. Uh And then when they connect me, I went, my first meeting was in uh, 2000 in yahunde in mm. Cameroon, so it was so difficult to my father to allow me to travel. Like I had the intervention of uh, the uh, former ambassador of Cameroon in Chad who came home and assure my father that uh, I take all the responsibility. She go and she come back. <laughs> so when I went to this meeting, I meet a wonderful woman uh, one from Kenya call it Lucy Malenke,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then uh, another one from Cameroon, Hawe Buba, so it was a women meeting on biodiversity. So after i make the presentation about my people how we are fighting and then immediately and uh, lucy mulenke get involved me on the biodiversity protections and then i had my second meeting in kenya and then after that like i get connected with uh, the broader indigenous peoples movement mm-hmm. and uh, from this one i uh uh, I met another woman who called it Sada El Bashir from uh, Niger and then she said, "You are very young and you are very active, so we want you to have more knowledge. There is a fellowship program on indigenous people rights uh, hosted by the High Commission of Human Rights.
0: Mm-hmm. Why
2: do not you can apply?" Right. So she gave me the link, and then I applied, and immediately uh, they accepted me. Then in 2007, I uh, went to the Dijon University in France. I did uh, human rights and indigenous people's rights. Mm-hmm. It's like a very intense uh, training at the university. And after that, I, I, uh, I did a fellowship program on high commission of human rights in Geneva on indigenous people's issues. And uh, through this fellowship, like we had one week in uh, UNESCO in Paris to work with the knowledge departments, and also some days in ILO convention and uh, in uh, international level organizations. And then immediately, in international level organization, they say, "Oh, if you can come and work for us for at least six months, that will be good." And then I joined the team. Uh, for six months work at the ILO convention 169 and this convention is about the uh, uh, tribal peoples Mm -hmm. Uh, so I work in this one and then at that time it was 2008 then I figured out that you cannot work on defending the rights of indigenous peoples and environmental issues without speaking English (laughs) because I was the only one who was French speaker and Arabic speaker in my team and then we had the meeting every day they come back like they speak in English and then my direct supervisor she turned to me she said Hindu did you understand something I get so (laughs) mad I said but I didn't understand anything Uh. I said okay I have to put myself in the English so that's also was and how old were you at this point I was about 20 something like that (laughs) and yeah
1: well, that's amazing though, so in tu- you didn't speak English until no, 2008, any, wow.
2: No, any, any single word English I didn't, because we, we went to school in Chad just in French and Arabic.
0: Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm.
2: then like just uh, having the English class there, like you say A, B, C, D, you go out, forget about it. Right, so right, right, right. Then uh, at that time it was just uh, like my first motivation in speaking English because I want to find the rights of my people. And after 2008, I figured uh, they, they proposed to me to give me a contract if I can get like a, a long, long journey visa and things. Then I realized that it's not the things I want to do to mm. work at international organizations. I want to go and work with my people, go b- back home. And then I immediately went back. Mm-hmm. And I start to get reorganized at the community level, and then from the uh, biodiversity that I attend the COPs, uh, it was uh, I attend also the climate change at that time, and then I realized that people are so ignorant about indigenous peoples in the climate change mm-hmm. convention, mm-hmm. and like they want to block, they don't. There was a big division. It was. 2008 in the post-nan COP that the uh, the divide already between developed and developing countries, and at that time we were preparing the uh, Copenhagen Conference on 2009. Who felt us? So, as African uh, indigenous uh, peoples and as African civil society, we come back. Uh, And then we settled together a network of French speakers NGOs because we found that it's a big battle and all the French speaker countries have a very uh, big barrier to negotiate during the the climate negotiation. And they are small in number. And then we say, as civil society, we have to support them. We have to support our issues. So when we organized through the uh, network called it Rezo Klima et Development, like network of climate and development, and then uh, we went to Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. In Copenhagen it was so bad experience for me. After Meles Zenawi come, he was the uh, spokesperson of Africa, then he came with uh, a completely different position of Africa. Uh, he was the former prime Minister of Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. So then uh, it's so disappointing, all of us. And then I had a press conference where I was so much saying that my people are already in the corridor of death. And you are just to sitting as robots. Do not think about anyone. And then you put your mind in this international interest. And so that was also one of the... Uh, door open to meet uh, some uh, big peoples, one of them it's Nicolas Hillaud, the actual minister of environment of France mm-hmm. at that time he was a big documentalist person around environment and human around the world, so he did that for 25 years uh, he asked me on that time uh, Hindu what we can do for your people I say, if we can give them a visual of the impact of climate change in my people that maybe can change the mind. And then I didn't know that he was a documentalist, I just like giving my views. And then 2010, I went to Japan for the Nagoya Protocol. Mm -hmm under the cbd the biodiversity conventions and then they called me say oh hindu we need you to stop over to paris and we discuss when i stopped it over then they said they are going to turn a big documentary in my community Uh that was really a big decline and we had the documentary the last one on Ushuaia nature one hour and a half around all chat and talking on climate change impact Mm -hmm. so after that, uh, we start organizing as indigenous peoples at the international level. Uh, so, two thousand and eight, we put like a global steering committee from the seven regions of indigenous peoples. So, uh, then uh, we get prepared every years. Two thousand fourteen, it was uh, the COP nineteen of the climate change in uh, Lima. Mm-hmm and then i was in the room negotiating and my colleague nominated me as the co-chair of the international indigenous people forum on climate change okay because the cop was happening in paris and we don't have a direct relative indigenous peoples in paris but i am the french speakers and then I am part of the indigenous people movement. And then like uh, for my colleagues, it's a value add. They just uh, like nominate me. I came back to the room and they say, oh, congratulations, new co-chair. <laughs> I say like, what?
0: <laughs> All this?" these,
2: they say yes. So uh, then at that time, I take my decision that I can never fill down my fellow indigenous people from the seven regions. So I start organizing. We negotiate with Norway with UNDP who give us uh, financial support. So we organize through the seven regions of indigenous peoples. That's Africa, Asia, uh, Latin American and Caribbean, Arctic, Pacific, uh, North America, and uh, Eastern Europe and Russia. So our seven regions are defining through our socio-cultural Appartenance, okay. so it's not like the UN one. Then it's recognized officially under the UN that indigenous peoples have seven regions. Okay. So through those seven regions, we organize uh, regional consultations, many national consultations. We come up with a position paper in this position document we highlight the rights of indigenous peoples under all the climate negotiations the full and effective participation of indigenous peoples the indigenous peoples traditional knowledge as part of the solution to the climate adaptation and mitigations and, uh, and uh, action on uh, climate action and policies on indigenous peoples so we agree on all those positions and we start pushing on it. So I helped to organize two informal consultation between uh, state governments, uh, about 42 of them, with indigenous peoples to have a preparatory meeting when we explain to them our positions. And uh, after that, we went to the Paris. Mm -hmm. And in Paris, we negotiate very hard. And at the end, for the first time in the the history of the climate negotiations, uh, since 20 years, we get five references on indigenous peoples. Right, wow. So, uh, some of them are on the rights. That's uh, in the preamble of the Paris uh, agreement in his decisions, uh, in the participations, in... uh, 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 taking into consideration of all the needs of indigenous peoples, and one of them that we are working on it now is the Decision One Hundred Thirty Five, who is on the indigenous peoples and the local community knowledge platform. Mm-hmm. So, who have three component: knowledge sharing, uh, capacity building, and uh, uh, policies, and policy and action on policies. Mm-hmm. So the uh, after two th- so at that time uh between 2014 and 15 uh, a friend of mine intro- introduced me to the TFA concept the
0: this what the TFA TFA, TFA. Okay, concept
2: yes they say oh uh, there are companies who take the commitment to uh, go to zero deforestation reduce emissions shift from all uh, what they are doing to the sustainable uh, management and things but as indigenous peoples historically we have some barrier with the private sectors. We they uh, are the one who grab our land. They are the one who really like uh, damage our rights and then put us in danger. So like in our concept, we never negotiate with the private sector. We never sit in the same table table and talk with them. So the uh, a friend who convinced me, he said, but. Uh, Hindu, we know your concept and we know that you are the culture, you represent the voice of you, all the indigenous peoples around the world, but we want you to just to go and listen. I said, okay, listening can make nothing. So then I went to the first meeting in Geneva, uh, then I just uh, sit down, there was another colleague of mine, It's his uh, personal capacity also, Abdan, he's from Indonesia. So we just hear from what they're saying, what they are doing. And then I figure out that there are some private sector who are willing really to change. Mm-hmm. They're willing to respect the rights of indigenous peoples. They're willing to start from zero because they accept that they damage our right, but they want to correct that. And then uh, they don't know how to do it. Yeah. So I figured out that like, okay, of course we are, I cannot say enemy, but we really don't like each other. But even God can forgive someone. So we are a human. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to make a mistake. If someone wants to change, maybe we have to give him guidance. And if we are outside and criticizing, maybe it's not the best way that to tell them you are not right then i say okay let me see how i can be there and see if you can change or not so then i engage in my personal capacity there and uh, i start to see how they are working and then the first time they invited me to go visit in app and uh, uh april the two big company of, of paper in uh, indonesia mm-hmm. so when i went there i visited them for a couple of days i saw how big they are what they are doing around the world and then uh, they were so proud to take us around and then to take us around the uh, community that they are supporting Uh, as cooperative so I observe all the things and after that we sat down at meeting with all the other colleagues around and I said you are owning a lot of money owning like uh, power but uh, you cannot own peoples you have to respect the rights of peoples and this is the things that matter in this world Mm. you can be anyone not having anything but you can be no one if you don't have people behind you and if you do not respect the rights of people you can get anything in this world but you you are nothing because you are a human being soon or later you're supposed to die Mm. as well as the other person that you are damaging them right Mm. so you have to be sustainable in another way so I give them my observations I said they have to change they have to respect the mother earth that feeding us they have to change absolutely so uh, Then we come back to another meeting that where we had. So then uh, some of them present some strategy that they're willing to change Mm -hmm. and they want to do do that. What was it
1: exactly when you went to this uh, community that APP was working with that made you think they weren't doing enough?
2: So uh, when I went to this community, uh, in Indonesia, in the place that we visited, uh, they were they are in, they have indigenous communities and then they have other community that they took from different islands, mm-hmm, right. they put them in this uh, Sumatra Right, they
1: relocated. They relocated.
2: Right, yeah. So while they relocated, they give them like one hectare to each to, pres- to produce a palm oil. Or two, yeah, two acres.
1: Or, two, or one or two, yeah, or two, yeah, yeah, yeah. two hectares. These are plasma like farmers exactly. then, right, okay. so th-
2: then the company organize those relocated peoples through a cooperative and then they start running the business in a very good way Mm -hmm. but the indigenous peoples who are there have a different relation with the land and us all of us our land is not for sale we are not there to just to grow the cooperative with the private sector our land is our identity it's we are even you produce less you are proud of it because it's you you produce a lot you are proud of it you need to t- to make the sale as you as yourself yes. not being through many others to do that so this concept is not understood by the cop by the uh Companies and then they said, "Oh, you don't want to be with us? We just leave you there." And they start supporting the other who are relocated. So, they, from my observation, they create a division and then they create like a uh, imbalance mm-hmm. between the two communities Right, right. So actually, now when the business going well, they can still protect the peoples that they create the cooperative for. But one day, it's a natural resources, is not going to be the same. Or one day, the Indonesia government will change, or the mine will change, or some of the indigenous people become also governors or, I don't know, a respo- responsible of the regions. Mm-hmm. So the risk will be a big conflict between the two communities right. even the both of them are Indonesian, but they will be an enemy they will they will have a conflict between themselves and then the impact will be not on the elders now it will be in the new generation will come up right I'm coming from a world, conf- world conflict country mm. I know how it's very hard and complicated situation. The conflict between two communities. Mm-hmm. It's not the issue of two peoples or just uh, one generation. It's the issue of a all the generation coming up. When right. you are growing up, they tell you that don't go to this person, don't play with these kids because they are our right, enemy. Right. And then you grow up in your mind that you are enemy. Yeah. So for me, they are really not acting well. Mm-hmm. They have to go beyond all the differences, beyond all the economy that they are thinking about it. But set up the future in a right way that they can give equity to the indigenous community, respect what they have, what they s- put as criteria, accept them as they are, and then work with the others in the equitable way. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's really a big gotcha. risk that I'm seeing. Gotcha, yeah. And in another hand, I saw that they have a small protected forest that they replant the trees in the peatland, <laughs> but still they have a big land where they put a palm oil there, who mm-hmm. is really not sustainable, right. like just is blushing the ice. Mm-hmm. And then in another place, they are exploring petrol. Mm-hmm. So you cannot do a fossil fuel here and do a sustainable palm oil there and then say, because you have 10 or 50 uh, hectares mm-hmm. of the forest that you are protecting, it's just uh, like mitigating what you do. Right, that right. cannot work.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So uh, t- through, through these examples, I think they have to change the mind. And that's what I observed through the TFA. And I get the support from the... Uh, uh, a steering committee that's composed by the government, private sector, civil society, and us. So they say you are right in this way and we need to protect the, more those peoples. And another thing that I did with the TFA it's also... So just to, just to mm-hmm. clarify,
1: so, so you basically, you, you went to APP, you saw this, you realized, hey, these guys, you almost saw the cre- creation of what you grew up with. You saw them creating this bifurcation and you're like oh i know where this goes. Yes. And uh, and then TFA gave you a voice through yes, which you could I get s- this to co- to companies and Yes. Like, okay. I,
2: I saw that in APP in April both of them. Both of and them, then yeah. it's reminding me completely yeah. like i know where it's going to go. So right. then like it's my duty to tell them that you have to stop that it cannot work. Yeah. So then then i i get the support from all the tfa then i get the support from the secretaria also because i said i want to make the video and then they help me making video describing all what is happening yes tfa secretaria did so uh, then after that like uh, i feel that there is need uh, there is uh, more need of our voice to tell them what is right and what is wrong according to our understanding in order to get change. So uh, after that we had the uh, uh, discussion around how we can raise the gender issues Mm -hmm. and also the Mm inclusiveness. So I have been the co-chair with Lexine from ESID for this working group Mm -hmm. so uh, with the help of Meridian we set up the gender strategy and i I input always and they they never criticize my input or they never refuse it Mm -hmm. all my input are considered then I share it and then we make a presentation for all the steering committee and we make the last presentation to adopt to adoption at the last General Assembly in uh, in Brazil, so there was.
1: When was that? What month? Last year. Last year September, yeah. right? Or yeah. okay.
2: So, uh, no, not sept- is it September? Before September, <laughs> Ju- July is. Okay, like, like, okay, yeah. okay. So then we d- we we did these uh, presentations. Uh, gender and inclusiveness So inclusiveness for us is how they can include the voice of indigenous peoples mm-hmm. and how they can include the voice of local communities, like small uh, holders there, mm-hmm. and that can be part of how we can include all the marginalized group through the TFA. And then the objective of this strategy for us it's uh, not to impose to the partners but is to give them as guide, guidance to say you want your business go well you have to go through this strategy and adopt it to your realities and apply mm-hmm. so then now uh, we create like a forum, a virtual forum where people can discuss, ask questions, like they can say, Oh, I want to really include gender in my work or in the like if, if a company wants yes, to? Company okay. or uh, government or mm-hmm. uh, I mean all the partners of the TFA so in this virtual like they can uh, ask questions and then uh, people can share experience they say oh i use this to to include it i use that to include it so it's have been like a tools where people can use them and adopt them Uh, and during the general assembly i mean what also i like in this tfa we went to the field trip Uh, in the field trip i uh, i went there in paraguay it was c- completely another reality uh, because you see the deforestation is a huge issue there because uh, at the earlier age the government pay peoples who cut the forest right, yeah. because for them it must important to make the economy Mm -hmm. so I found that like wow this is really another approach of linking development and then uh, another concept Mm -hmm. and now they figure out that they really need the forest to come back so we visit an indigenous community there that marked me forever when they told them that with my colleagues oh she is an indigenous like Mm -hmm. I have all the kids running around me, <laughs> mm. all the old people, they do not speak any English, I do not speak any Spanish, but we feel very close mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. this TFA create this relationship and then we discuss about how they live, uh, how, how them life is and then uh, we have like still the same concept of our relationship with environment. Mm-hmm. So that makes me so feel so great to discover this experience in another place and uh, when we come back like i say okay we need to decentralize the work of the tfa of course we supposed to do at the international level but how this work can be supported uh, through the partners at the national level mm-hmm. and then also at the uh, uh, regional level, mm-hmm. uh, so we discuss on those issues and then continuously with the secretariat, with the uh, uh, steering committee to see like how we can improve it, and then immediately the uh, General Assembly have to come to Africa, and then through this I committed to have more voice of indigenous peoples there. And we work hard with, uh, uh, with uh, Patricia to figure out how we can get more indigenous peoples. So we, we get here uh, two wonderful women uh, from uh, Brazil and from Colombia. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the two wonderful guys also from DRC and from Burundi. Uh, to be here in TFA, we tried to get from Asia, but it was with the conflict uh, of agenda of some of them and others because of the relationship between Indonesia indigenous peoples and the company who are working there. So it's limited them commitment or them engagement with the tfa hmm. so this is the negative situation we are having actually now on that we need to fix uh-huh. we have to start from a different way because they are right i mean i'm defending the indigenous peoples then indigenous people of indonesia are right if they don't want to be in the tfa because they saw something wrong in them rights right yeah so, uh, so we miss indigenous people from uh, Asia to be in this General Assembly. However, uh, we also discussed to have a special session on indigenous peoples. Uh, presenting uh, our uh, way of understanding of zero deforestation and this session went well yesterday uh, attended by many peoples who asked several questions uh, like how TFA can help us more Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and then after that we had a a closed-door meeting between indigenous peoples to see what will be our commitment so we come up with some propositions. we don't know if this can work or not So one of them it's uh, we need exchange between indigenous peoples across the three continents. Uh, indigenous people from Africa can visit the indigenous peoples in Latin America or in Asia or vice versa in order to learn from how we did how the others did, to claim them land, or to to better protect them knowledge, so that can help us to achieve also the zero deforestation in, in another way. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- the second proposition was about how the TFA can support a dialogue at the regional level between indigenous peoples, state governments, and uh, companies to sit down and then discuss the real issues. Where are the gap? And then we can figure out how we can handle each problem to find a solutions. And uh, another proposition, the third one was like, how at the regional level, uh, the regional coordinators can uh, engage more indigenous peoples in the regional work and the regional steering committee in order to get the voice and the needs of indigenous peoples and then the fourth and final one it's during the general assembly or during the big event of the tfa how we can have the space of for indigenous peoples uh, because we saw that during all the Events all the day. We have company who stand up, make them a strategy, present them strategy, present them program in all the uh, the the uh, uh, dialogue that we are having. So we say, why not giving any space for indigenous peoples? Also, we can present our views, we can present our strategy, uh, our approach, our innovations. And then we feel that inclusive in this kind of discussion. And then we can also explain to the other company and also government who do not know our concept. Because many of them do not know that. So we end up with those kind of the propositions and then uh, we, we will put them maybe in written and propose that to the uh, steering committee and we will see who among the partners willing to support those kind of ideas. But it's really a way forward according to myself to see how we can change the approach anyway we are all want to have the zero deforestation and zero deforestation is not meaning just okay we end up cutting the forest and then we have the the forest and it's a process it's one so we we want to the final objective to be the decreasing of carbon Uh, we want to have 1.5 degree Mm -hmm. so it's not only around the forest but it's around all our consumption and production uh, around the world so if we want to reach this global goal we have to be partners in one or another way we have to collaborate absolutely and when we need to collaborate we have to restart from fresh we have to put uh, the trust among all the partners and we have to put a transparency in order to share all our good things yes but also our bad things that we need to correct all together and accept with all our differentiations and then uh, we need the truth to be Mm tell most of the indigenous peoples they refuse to collaborate with the private sector because we think that they are lying to us we think also well, most of the reason there's been a lot yeah, of bad history and most of government yeah. are lying to us mm-hmm. so we have to end up with lying and start from the truth so uh, from the government also we want to have transparency because it's very easy to commit at the international level Mm -hmm. to give the nice pictures Mm -hmm. like yes we give you this money we are going to support this to support that but the reality is on the ground the reality is at the local level Mm -hmm. so how they can show us that the commitment they are doing at the international level are well implemented at the local level and in the same coherence and respect it. Mm. So that's really what we are asking as in indigenous okay. peoples.
1: Okay, that's a lot. That's really interesting. What is really interesting? I mean, you talk about the connection to the land and it's fascinating how indigenous people, no matter where they're from, have this connection. I know I've done a lot of work with people in Brazil and the connection to the forest is so strong. It's, 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 uh, it's like it's the world. And it's interesting to hear that you have the same feeling in Chad, and I. You talk to the Maasai guys; they have the same feeling. Um, and it's also been shown. There's study after study have shown that indigenous people reduce deforestation. If you look at a map of Brazil, where there are indigenous territories, there's still forest. And sometimes it's like a clear line. The indigenous territory ends, and then it's all farms. And they've they've taken a made a huge commitment to not accept. Money to chop trees, although sometimes they have to to survive. Um, when you talk about the the proposals that you want to put forward, what would they be? Uh, you know, like, are you talking about sustainable forest management? Or are you talking about working within a red context, or is something completely different? What What kind of proposals do you see yourselves making to to companies to to sort of see you know see that you can coexist in this in this in this world?
2: Uh, so, firstly company need to adopt the approach of respecting the existing safeguard. Mm -hmm. So how they can change all the views by FPIC, the free prior and informed consent. Mm -hmm. If they want to do something or they are doing it, how they can get the consent of the community and how they can respect this consent consent it's saying yes sure but it's saying also no if mm-hmm. they say no they have to stop that because they cannot say no for nothing they say no by reason Right. and uh, secondly it's how they can respect and protect the community forest mm-hmm. the community land how they can also help the land titling or the land tenure
0: yes. to Big be issue. Yeah
2: be the realities mm-hmm. and that need the effort from the government but also from the company because they are the one who grabbing the land yeah. and land is the life for us and land is the forest mm-hmm. land is uh, everything that people have mm-hmm. so how the land tenure can be alliance and the community needs together mm-hmm. and then because we do have the collective rights and then because of the some of the constitutions in many countries like you cannot have land titling like collective land titling it's not usual mm-hmm. but the uh, customary laws exist already right. how they can value and respect the customary laws there so that will be the first step of collaboration among all the, uh, the all the uh, three parties and uh, in order to do so we need we need to put that on the process that's why we ask to have the exchange between indigenous peoples to see how we can harmonize our views secondly how we can have a regional setup and discussions that can be based on the jurisdictional way and then people can see what is exist where are the gap how they can help to fill this gap jurisdictionally mm-hmm. and then implementational way how they can help each other to implement it because the implementation needs also a process it's not only what they say at the capitals but what it will be happen at the ground right. level. So when we we set up together, I think we can reach it. And as we said, 2020 is about thousand days.
0: Mm-hmm. So thousand days, first, yeah.
2: maybe it's uh, it's maybe it's long for some people, but it's nothing mm-hmm. for us. It's really about tomorrow. So if we start that we put our objective in a clear road map. We have the three regions. We have some of the partners who are members and we can found the indigenous peoples. So at least by 2020, we, have th- we didn't reach the objective that we set up. Anyway, we, n- we can never reach it by 2020. Right. But at least we have the clear road map set down and then we can give ourselves some years again to see how we can reach this Mm -hmm. commitment so that can be different engagement than the first one we had during we were so excited about Paris, and then just to put numbers with no real uh, reason
0: and uh,
1: do you feel uh, you know i mean how do you make sure you kind of answered this already but you need to make sure that this goes beyond the blah blah phase that it's not just words that it's actually action on the ground uh, how do you how do you at what point do you expect because you have to be patient and to a certain extent you have to say okay they can't do it today you know something has to be implemented but it, what are the steps that you'll need to see to know that this is being taken seriously you know what would, like what will companies have to do with early indicators and later indicators yeah huh?
2: I I I think that's why we need the transparency.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the transparency uh, involves also accountability. So they are accountable on their own wording. Mm-hmm. When they say they committed to someone, they have to show this commitment. is not just a blah blah, but it's the reality. Mm-hmm. So uh, in order to see it, they have to publish all what they committed, where they are actually now, right. uh, where they want to go, how they will go there, which step that they are taking to be there, mm-hmm. and that can ensure us to see yes they can do that, they right. are able or they are not able. We we have a lot of experience of good papers mm-hmm. or good talks right. who never happen into the actions. Right. Yeah. So. I think we cannot lie to ourselves. We already know all those things and we don't want them happen because now it's not time of making nice things. It's really time of changing for reals.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And to change for reals, they have to show us how it's happening, how it's going to be. It's not about publishing the report that they have. Because mm-hmm. we know that they can have the report, anyone can make the report as they want, not this way, we want them to show us the evidence, yes
0: yeah, yeah,
2: not counting like uh, they have thousand hectares, okay, so we stop hundred hectare, yes, it's easy to say mm-hmm. or it's easy to put in the paper, but in the practical way, how yeah. because we are living there, mm-hmm. did they make a video visual to show us mm-hmm. or? there are m- p- people who went there and visit because my visit to APP in April showed me the evidence of things I leave those things even during the two days mm-hmm. if I go back today and then I see it's still the same I know that they didn't change right if I went there then I saw the relationship between the two communities start to change mm-hmm. I know that they make the advance uh, but they can put in the paper. They say, "Okay, we, are, we we set up this strategy. We are going to do this. We are going to do that." But it's not say, It's not meaning that they did it or right. they are yeah. going to do yeah. it exactly. Yeah. So this kind of things that we really need. I'm always, of course, I I agree with the bigger society needs. Like we need rules. We need everything to be written to respect. But one thing. All what we are writing down, it's written by us. Mm-hmm. So, what is show that we are going to respect it or change it or do not change it? Mm-hmm. So, we are the master of it. So, we can change it as we want. Yeah. So, this is really not the reality. What we want is the real issues who is happening on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I understand for many times that in my people, we are a oral peoples. Mm-hmm. We do not write the things, Okay. we believe people on the wording that they say, mm-hmm. and then people respe- respect you through your wording. Okay. If you say something then you didn't implement, no one consider you as, as like a responsible in right. your community. Yeah, yeah. And then people do not play with them dignity and dignity for us. Part of dignity is your wording. Mm -hmm. So we really respect that a lot. But imagine if your wording is written and it's not respecting, this is like really. It's a double, Yeah, It's a double, exactly. So to avoid all those misunderstandings, we wanted to see the concrete action happening and that can help us to monitor what we did. So if we have the clear roadmap, we say, okay, uh, I mean, TFA is facilitating platform and TFA can help to, to put this monitoring on evidence mm-hmm. and then to show that, yes, there are some advance in here and if they are advanced, it can be very evidence. Because it can change the life of peoples, right. the life of people. It can change the air, because there are a lot of air pollution. It can change the air. It can change the sickness. It can change, impact the food, food security. So you can see immediate impact through the life cycle of peoples. Uh-huh. But if there is no change, even they put nice things in the paper, you can see it. Yeah. so that's the thing we need to avoid and have the uh, same understanding of all the indicators that we can see right. together
1: so, so basically so now we've got these companies making these commitments they need to come up with indicators that are verifiable and then it come becomes up to you if they don't keep them we tell the world basically is yeah. right so that yeah. that becomes yeah. the recourse yeah do you feel you feel pretty optimistic right now or you don't want to is it too early to say is it
2: uh, I, I mean I'm always saying that being optimistic. This is the only one thing who keep us alive. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise, we cannot be in this life. If we go back and tell our community that, mm-hmm. oh, sorry guys, we are not going to reach anything. We don't have any plan B. Nothing work. So it's going to be so depressive. And then we give up mm-hmm. everything. And then we yeah just uh,
0: right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Close. So being optimistic for me, it's. Uh, already starting but having this kind of dialogue, having some ideas and listening from others, putting some way forward, some innovative ideas, but some radical ideas. Mm-hmm. This is the optimistic way. We cannot say always things are in color. Right. We have to say that they are black or they are white. Yeah. So if we have those radical ideas and then we wanted to change, that give the optimism like Mm -hmm. much life yes that can help us also to see maybe we can get one day in one we want where we want to go
1: indigenous leader hindu ibrahim closing out this episode of bionic planet if you like what you hear be sure to share the love by giving me a good rating on itunes stitcher or wherever you access the show That will help others find me as well. You can also support me financially for as little as $1 per month by becoming a patron at bionic-planet.com. Once again, that's bionic-planet.com. If enough of you do that, I can deliver more episodes and maybe better produced episodes to boot with a second set of ears and better editing and pacing. And finally, if you listen to audiobooks, you can support me by visiting Audibletrial.com forward slash Bionic Planet. That's Audibletrial, all one word. Audibletrial.com forward slash Bionic Planet for a free 30-day trial at Audible.com. The address again is Audibletrial.com forward slash Bionic Planet, and that's Bionic Planet with no dots, dashes, or spaces, as opposed to my website, which is bionic-planet.com. That's all for today. Until next time, I'm Steve Zwick in San Francisco. Thanks for listening.